Hello, my friend. I hope you and your loved ones are doing well. Welcome to the part four of five of A Fly Story, Barnard and Columbia edition. This episode is going to be, a, what I like to say, a conglomerate. You know, we've, we've followed a very, not linear, I don't want to say linear narrative up until this point, but the, the narrative's been growing, right? It's been growing, compounding, at least I hope it is. And we've reached this point where we're at episode four. And I kind of want to touch on multiple topics at the same time. And so that's what this episode is going to be about. Just a a nice scatter of just thoughts and opinions and different vantage points. And I'm excited. So to start off the episode, because, you know, we're college students, right? We live the college life. It's lavish, as some may say. Maybe not. Who knows? I do wonder, though, what the social life on campus, having massive amounts of wealth being presented to students like us who are fly, what does that look like for you? Despite, you know, noticing their awesomeness, there was this really weird, like, unspoken communication of, like, wealth. And, and like privilege, like regardless of however they identify themselves, um, race, ethnicity, class, there was this sort of like privilege conversation that automatically like silenced you the moment you walk into the class door. It's like when all the other students are sitting with you, you, you like you see like you know something looking more minute things, you know what what bottle are they holding, you know the the water bottle that they're getting from like Exeter, or maybe they have a folder or they're wearing a hoodie that's coming from. Kuwait or you know all these like elite you know whether they're private or public high schools you know you, you, you see that because you know, that's their pride you know they're they're trying to extend their own pride into their space maybe that's you know that comfort zone but that sort of comfort zone for me is kind of like an attack and like attack like you know yeah I'm here I'm just gonna stroll around and like let you know that you know I came from this space and you didn't and it, it, it sounds really, really bad because it's like, you know, blah, like, why do you think like that? Stop being a cynical person. Like, just, just you know, fix your mind. Like, don't, don't, like, don't worry about that kind of stuff. But, you know, the sort of, like, vocabulary that they're using, like, when these students were talking, I'm, like, sitting here, like, did they, like, study at Oxford or something? Like, I, I, I don't know half the words that they're using. And mind you, I'm a humanities person. So, like, I, we just love to, you know, use, like, this sort of, like, high theoretical vocabulary and just, like, to go on and on and on with our theories. But, like, when these students were just saying these words, I was just, like, looking at them, like, oh, what? And, like, when the professor were just, like, throwing, like, throwing French and Latin, and I'm, like, um cool i know bonjour like th- that's the only French word I know. <laughs> like I'm, yeah so, and then like uh, to um to end it, it's like and, and the funny thing is that i felt more at home at barnard with my barnard friends than i felt at home at columbia because that one class went home um it, it just exacerbated my anxiety like you know i kept thinking about like oh man like i gotta wear like Burberry coat, you know, let me get someone at like a vintage store, you know, maybe if it's fake or not, as long as it's like Burberry looking, like, let me do that, you know, adopting the sort of facade that basically would showcase, you know, like, I'm on their level as well, like, I kept feeling like I have to be on their sort of level, but whenever I tried doing, like, whenever I tried, like, going through that sort of pathway, they always were going, like, a couple steps ahead, and 
it, it was just always like some sort of kind of race, like whether they're ahead or I'm ahead or I'm behind or they're behind, you know, it, it, it just, it was just very uncomfortable because it, it, it just truly made no sense. Like, why did I have to compete with these people about, you know, what they were doing? Like, I know the fact that I came to Columbia, you know, when I got the Columbia acceptance letter, when I was in, um, like, the last day before my uh, last final at Rochester, I was screaming. I was like, yo, I made it. But like when Columbia, like when I first like made my first step at Columbia, I was like, um, I don't know who this Bilal is. Bilal doesn't exist here. You don't know who Bilal is. Uh, it's it's just a random Columbia student. Just like think of that person as like that. So like the fact that I debased my own self, I like uprooted my own foundation, like that got to me second semester. I was like, no, Bilal, you can't do this. Where is that Bilal that we knew at Rochester who was like making jokes with professors, being sassy and making remarks, you know, like with their professors, you know, like chiming in their own opinions um, or like outright, you know, calling out the, the, the sexist person in that sort of class, you know, like where is that Bilal? Where's the, where's that sort of like, critical but playful and carefree energy like what happened like why did columbia get to you that to that point and that it wasn't until when i started talking to some of my professors i was like you know like i really need to like understand like why is this affecting me and like when i got to it it was because it, i kept using my fly identity as a means of division and not as a means of affirmation so it's quite weird to say to even just say that and voice that out because I really embraced my client identity at Rochester, but the moment I stepped in, I just kept using that as like, no, you're not them. No, you can never ever be them. You know, these transfer students came from U Chicago, UCLA, USC, uh, Dartmouth, Yale, and you're like, yeah, you came from Rochester, you know, which is a really institution. But you know, it, it it's a really weird like mental gymnastics that I don't know. I just did to myself, and it, and. Honestly, like I kind of do have those kind of days where I really would have to like sit down and just breathe because, you know, when all these students are like, yeah, I always want to be poor, you know, let's go to the vintage shopping. And I know for a fact that some of these people have their parents or th them themselves are making six figure salaries, you know, for my family, that's like what? six seven eight times the like amount that they're making compared to my family's income like you know i i i'm just feel like you know like great you know use mess and aesthetic but you know it i'm, I'm just going on a tangent sorry but <laughs> but i i am just at the point is that the point is that um it, it really got to me psychologically and although i did have like some mental days to just kind of understand what's happening um I guess when I was trying to like, I when I was trying to say that with the entire like theoretical application for it, it wasn't until when I started like looking at it from that sort of perspective that I kind of started re-embracing my flight time. Well, my first year, like I think I watched too much like American movies, but people automatically just assume like, oh, first year is like college parties and stuff like that. And that could just be because like academically it's really rigorous, but I feel like if I could go back, I would probably tell my first year, like, it's okay if you don't get to experience the same exact things that your other peers do, do experience at, like, the school you do. For example, like, my first year, I, because I'm Asian, obviously, um, a lot of, like, you know, the stereotypical, like, Asian peers who are actually from wealthy families, like, they automatically assume, like, my parents are also very wealthy, or, like, we grew up the same exact way. So they would like invite me to events that were like 
you know, you ever watch that movie, Crazy Rich Asians, like that, like spending money like that? And I was like, like, they think like, oh, going to Chanel, Balenciaga is like very normal, like shopping. That is like their Forever 21, basically. (laughs) And like, like, I never told them like, hey, I can't afford it, but I would like politely like decline. And I remember one of them at first was really angry at me because she thought that, oh, I just didn't want to be her friend or something. Um, but like, but like later on, like, like after like, I kind of like out of myself or took ownership of my fly identity, like she realized that she was wrong because she just assumed that everyone was the same like financial status as her, if that makes sense. In terms of the imposter syndrome, um, I mean, Barnard has a great way of really demonstrating different students' accolades. Um, I remember one time we had a, a freshman orientation and they were saying, like, they were talking about the statistics, like 48% of your class is diverse, um, which is quite interesting. Um, and then they would say, like, oh, like, someone in your class actually, like, made a nonprofit or, you know, like, they would just talk about different accolades. And it, I, I remember, like, kind of feeling like, whoa, like, it's a dream of mine to one day build a nonprofit. And you have students that have already done so, right? You have students that have met big uh, leaders um, such as Malala Yousafzai, Michelle Obama. Um, I remember even hearing about a student who interviewed Michelle Obama or, or something like that. So, um, yeah, it definitely made me think like, whoa, like these women. But but I think that it all it, it all comes down to perspective because for me, I, I love that. I mean, there's a saying that if you are the best in the room then you're in the wrong room so for me i mean i just i just got motivated in a sense and and thought wow like um you know i'm in an environment where uh you know people are doing big things and you know i can be able to kind of live up to that but i think at the same time it all depends on which perspective you're coming from i know it could also be in a negative way that you can feel that you don't belong right or you could feel like um you know why am i here like i haven't done those things right um so yeah definitely there is something to be said about being introduced to this level of wealth whether it be intentional or unintentional implicit or explicit in the accolades or in the ways in which people are doing fantastic things and you're just sitting there like whoa that's crazy that's intense how do i match how do i get to there And those are things that I think about, you know, putting in my own two cents really quickly. Simultaneously, though, I think we should introduce into the conversation the element of privilege and what that looks like, not only for those that we see, but maybe even for ourselves, right? How does that look? Yeah, it's... Hmm. That is very difficult, and I don't think I've had enough, I haven't had many conversations on, like, the idea of privilege aligned with, like, fly and, like, how that works simultaneously, but what I will say is that I do believe, for me, Zayara Sculler, as a a young Black woman who goes to Barnard College, I have been exposed to a world that has allotted me certain privileges in that I don't think other people 
who may have come from a similar background to me, grew up in my neighborhood, maybe have my racial identification or my ethnic identification, probably can't resonate with. Um, and I think that if we're talking about privilege, privilege definitely is a conversation of comparison. And it's comparison based on like systemic things. And I don't think that my the fact that my mother went to college is at all derived from the fact that I ended up at Barnard. So I think that her on that stepping stone for herself gave me another stepping stone. And I think that is some type of privilege. I don't really know if that's true by like the technical definitions, but that's that's how I feel. I don't, maybe there's another name for it that I'm not aware of, but that's what I'm gonna call it. And to like, just be able to casually say, yeah, if I don't get a job, I'm going to apply to grad school to casually be able to say I have access to the knowledge that lets me know the entire application system or like I somebody I can find somebody to write my recommendation letters. I have access to like helping someone helping me find scholarships, like all of that stuff. I think I think it's some type of privilege. So I think that I don't know. It depends on like each fly student. But for this one. Um, I think that I have been like allotted a set of privileges that have aided me in my discovery or like give me like backbench or like something like that, just in case I, you know, can't find a job or something. And I think that's a fair approach to tackle this question. I think it was a, not that it was an unfair question. It was just a question that's like, something that I had to take time to think about for myself and I really wanted to also address here because I want people to also think about it, right? Privilege and what does that look like when you look at it from different lenses? And you mentioned your mom a lot, which is very interesting to me because I always consider and think about my mom when I'm doing a lot of the things that I do on a day-to-day basis and I'm trying to find motivation to do things. How are ways in which... And this, of course, applies to another narrative that is associated with a fly story, which is family dynamics and finding the space to do the things that you want to do at the same time, having the different responsibilities that come with um, being who you are, I guess. How have you been able to just juggle that? Yeah. Okay. When you ask that question, so much comes to mind. But, okay, so I'll start with this. I, again, attached to this conversation of privilege and attached to, like, my understanding of how I ended up at Barnard is linked to the fact that my mother, like, I have two two younger siblings, I'm the oldest. So that within itself for most people comes with a set of responsibilities that that um, puts them in a position where they have to become like an older sibling, sometimes almost a parent, as well as themselves. And that's something that my mother didn't, she didn't put me in that position. Um, And I think it was because she had known what it was like to be in that position as like someone who has to like help her siblings and help herself and then like help the family. And I think it was hard for her. which is why she tried to detach that from me so I can just do me um, and put everything that I can into like my schooling. Um, 
And I think that very much crafted the experience that I ended up having as a student in high school, middle school, and now in college as well. Um, so I've been very thankful for that. Um, and just the fact that when it does come to, you know, like school in general, like my mom has been there to like help me in whatever way she can. Like, for example, like if there was like a tuition balance due and like she could help me, like it was her responsibility first in her eyes. Um, she would do that. And then if she couldn't, like I would have to do it. Um, and then I'm also thinking about work. So that's like the family aspect. The only time where that became like extremely difficult is when I had to move back home in March. Um, and that was when I was like, I cannot do this. Like being home like itself, just like, I don't know if it was home or I don't know if it was the pandemic. I just feel like we should have all came to an end, a halt. Like we should have all just stopped um, once that happened because there was too much going on. Like just being in a, a full household where like there's not much space for me to like be on my own terms and like do my work. There's no space for that made it difficult. Um, so, okay, that's that. That's like the family aspect. And then in terms of like, I think you kind of question the financial aspect too, no? So um, when I think about that, I think about how this is kind of like a personal story. But in South, my mom moved me in. I live in the Bronx, so, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. There was, like, no crying, no hugging, anything like that. So she, like, dropped me off, and then, like, she, like, handed me, like, money. She handed me, like, I don't know, like, $60 or something like that. And she was like, this is, like, this is all I have to give you. And I was like, hold up, please. She like she just gave me like the little to no money that she probably didn't have to give. And that was like I don't know, it was just crazy that like she handed me that and like I knew I had to make the most of it, but also thinking in like the grand scheme of things how like that really isn't a lot of money. Especially like during NSOP where everybody's like going out, like doing their own thing. Like that money can literally be spent in like one sitting. So I had, like, I kind of had a moment where I was like, yeah, I need to figure this out. Like, I have to, like, have to start working now. I have to, like, bring in whatever kinds of income that I could, that I could have. So I guess as a result of that, like, work became, like, a direct part of, like, my college experience as well, where I had to, you know, find a way to, like, have an on-campus job, babysit, and then, like, do my schoolwork all at the same time. And then, like, also try to be a college student, too. So that is also a part of, like, like that's also what makes up my experience. Like, knowing how to balance, like, work, school, me as a person, my social life, and then, like, still finding time to connect with, like, my family as well. I want to say, let me give the mic to you, but that's kind of what I've been doing this entire time. Hopefully, at least. That's the intention. Metaphorically, let me give the mic to you and ask, what is, if, I mean, if you were to be given a mic and stand in front of your entire class, what are some things you wish people knew about you, whether that be fly related or not? I wish that people knew how much, like, it really sucks being fly when, like, you're like the oldest because I feel like I always had to compromise a lot of the things I wanted to do 
Uh, for example, when I was in fourth grade, I wanted to play violin, but I never did it because I had to pay money. And so um, it's just something that like, who knows where I would be at if I had played violin. But it's like, I wish people just knew how much fly students do have to compromise. Like I've compromised a lot in my life and like, I feel like other people have to and like, it, it's like a struggle and like, um, I don't know, like there's just like, I could probably be like a different person or who knows, but I'm like, I'm happy with who I am and like what I like to do and what I've gotten the opportunity to do. To be fly sometimes is interesting to put it into layman's terms. I don't know any other way to describe it sometimes. But can you give me an example where, let's say someone figured out that you were fly. Well, how do they react? I've always been curious about those things um, to the point where my mom, like, cause school around, food around campus is just ridiculous ridiculously expensive and my my mom like freshman year had given me the ebt card to use every once in a while for groceries and then to just give it back to her um when i'm done and i was at the checkout counter and this man saw the car and i had been using it for weeks at this point like and he was just like oh that coat where did you get it from? What's the designer? I was like, I don't know what the designer is, but I was just like, what is, you've seen me often before, sir. This is just the first time you've seen me with this card. Why do you must um do this? And I felt so uncomfortable. And I was like, mom, you can have the card back. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need this. And I think that's like the first time I started going out of my way to like actually dress really well around that time I think this was around my yeah this was around my freshman year just because I I don't know like I didn't want to be associated with being low income but at the same time I don't know it was it was weird it was weird I I didn't want to be associated with being low income um because I think that definitely affects people how they treat you and how they perceive you I even when I first went to Barnard I like got the impression it was like oh you poor things let me help you which is not how I see myself at all. And I was like, I don't, I'm, I mean, I still resonate with FGLI students and I'm going to keep company with them, but nobody needs to know that I'm FGLI. They don't, they don't know. In terms of my fly identity, I think it would be cool for them. I don't even care about them knowing about my fly identity. I just care about them asking about it. So if people, if people just ask more questions to create dialogue that gave me space to give my identity a name and give my identity my own perspective and shape it myself um, rather than them having a label to just be like, okay, this girl's fly. I don't want them to know that I'm fly. I want them to know that I'm more than just fly and want to ask the questions about my fly experience and my human experience with the like background of being fly and what that, what that is like. Um, I also just like I feel dumb sometimes because I just don't have that social capital and also just my personality is kind of like Aah! 
<laughs> so like people, I don't think the first thing they think when they meet me is like, she's intelligent. <laughs> like I just don't, I think it's kind of like, oh, she's chaos, which I, I don't mind at all. But I also would love it if people kind of thought about who I was in a more comprehensive way that included my fly identity to help them understand that oh, that's why she didn't know why Columbia was in New York. Or like, maybe that's why. Let me ask her about it then just rather than just assuming or just like, instead of assuming that I'm just chaotic and like bubbly and like kind of all over the place, like being like, oh, she has a lot on her plate. (laughs) She's working two jobs and doing school and trying to make, like, I don't know. I just wish people knew me with more understanding. And I don't know if I want them to know anything about me in particular but I just want in the way that they know me I want that to be changed I don't even know if this is a stereotype but like it's like we're low income and we have like to work like jobs and like oftentimes like me like myself included like like I would have like two three like gigs you know (laughs) to survive and I'm just here like I'm just here like well, wow, I'm really the that student that's like, you know, working really hard in school and at work, and I have no time to myself. And I think like, that can be seen as a stereotype, but it's also like, a reality for some fly students. It's a reality for me, you know, like, I don't have leisure time, or as much leisure time as I want this week. And, you know, like, it can get to you when you're, like, thinking about things. You're like, well, if I only, like, didn't have to work this job, I could get this paper done. And I can, like, get some sleep. And I will be a happier, healthier human. (laughs) And, like, I can just, like, do things that I think oftentimes, like, as college students, like, it's, like, go to office hours, attend attend this, like, you know, like, talk. All these, like, things where it's just, like, I would love to do that. <laughs> but it's, like, I also feel, like, a heavy pressure to, like, also, you know, just make money to survive. I feel, like, I personally, like in some ways, like, robs me of, like, an education, just, like, putting my time, like, elsewhere um, when I could fully put it into, like, school. But I think at the same time, like, I've, like, come to learn that, like, I'm still learning. I'm still existing. <laughs> we're, st- we're doing both and we're here. And that's also, like, a way of, like, doing college. Like, it doesn't need to be. And it also stereotype of college is, like, people who are not fly students have all this free time to do all these things, you know? And that might not be the case for everyone. Some some students can have free time. Other students are packed, packing their time up with other things, you know? So I think, like, that's a stereotype that I sometimes struggle with. I think the difference is I feel like, at least for me, I feel like, it's like the pressure is emphasized. Like, it's like emphasized, like, I need this job or else, you know, like a lot of the anxieties that I hold will like 
perpetuate my mind. Like for instance, like I know you mentioned like, or alluded to like, oftentimes if we're not successful and we're failing, um, how you can feel as if like the people around you cannot succeed as well. And I think like, I feel that as well. I feel like well, if I'm not able to work and go to school and, like, do all these things, then, like, I'm not succeeding. And it's not that linear, you know? It's not that linear. I don't even know if I can agree with – I don't even – I'm not going to even call it hard, first of all, because I just think that that's, like, that's that's normal. Like, that is – it's what build it's what builds character and it's how you get through your day there once you become an adult and like you leave college for a lot of people who don't have the responsibility of like balancing all of those things it's gonna come up in their lives of like having to balance multiple things at some point and I think luckily for a lot of FLI students who have to like balance all of these things they build that character early and I think I well not I think I literally saw my mother when from like six to 10th grade for me I believe or six to ninth or something like that I saw my mother going to school she wasn't working she had two kids and we were still eating every day so you mean to tell me that I as a a child 17 living in a dorm with a dining plan everything's already paid for and I have to do work if I want money it's literally just for like Luckily, like, my mom was able to, like, handle, like, whatever bills, like, they had. So whatever I, whatever money I needed was, like, just supplemental for me. And if I wanted to, like, I don't know, like, get a birthday gift for, like, a family member or, like, help out what I can, that's what I had to do. So if I saw my mom do all of that and make sure she kept a roof over the head of two kids, um, herself, make sure we went fed, make sure I had everything I needed, and then sometimes more, I was like, there's no way I can't, like, the $60, I can't make that stretch until, like, I find a job or something. Um, so that's exactly what I did. And that's exactly why I don't really see it as hard. Um, just because, like, it's been something that's normal to me. And I'm not scared of having to, like, make my own or having to work or having to, like, you know, stand on my own two feet and get stuff done. Um, because that's, like, that's the reality of life. So that's why... I appreciate what you said at the very, very beginning of our conversation about transgressing this idea that everything about a FLI student's experience is negative or that it's difficult or that it's like, you know, like crawling out some hole and like realizing that life is so difficult all the time. Um, I hate that narrative. Um, and I think that what I appreciate the most about this conversation and about this project is the fact that a part of the conversation of the difficulties that an FLI student must face is putting side by side the fact that our stories are also ones where like we enjoy ourselves, like where we're humans, where every single aspect that might be seen as difficult or hard isn't necessarily hard. Because I mean, in all honesty, I think that that perception is like born out of like the binaries that you know, continue to, like, keep us, like, in those lower positions. So long as we go on believing that we live in a world of, you know, negative and good, I mean, negative and positive, good and bad, et cetera, et cetera, somebody will continue to be on that lower end of the stick. And, like, 
I'm tired of that. You know, I'm so over it. So thank you for this conversation. Thank you very much. I mean, thank you very much. Honestly, I think this conversation and this journey that I'm taking us on, it's, it's been a roller coaster of ups and downs, side to sides. And I think one of the most prominent things that are coming to me, especially as we're wrapping up, is there is no one narrative, right? Everyone who's under this identity to some extent has a different take. There are similarities, yes. Simultaneously, there are differences. What are those differences? How is it that we can just generalize an entire population under one category and assume that everyone's story is the same? To this day, I am baffled by that idea. But I'm hoping that as you listen to more and more of these stories and more and more of these narratives, you can kind of gauge that "Mm, it's a bit more nuanced because we as people are a bit more nuanced than um, what is initially told to us. Anyhow, I'm going to wrap up here. This was part four of five of A Fly Story. We have one more part to go. It's going to be a part to just end us off, tie the bow on the knot, tie the bow on the knot, tie the knot, tie the bow up on the package. (laughs) Don't mind me. Anyhow, wrap it up basically is what I'm trying to get at. Nonetheless, I'm excited for part five to come in. And I'm so glad if you have been listening from part one to now, bless you. You are fantastic. You are the joy to my life and Please let me know that you're listening so I can like fond over you endlessly. I'm down to do that. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email me at 8 at gmail.com. Follow along. Like I said, there's visual pieces, written pieces, etc., etc., that are going to be posted mostly on my Instagram and hopefully on a website that is to be determined and to be announced. But yes, thank you so much once again, and I will chat with you Later. Peace.